Well, it's my pleasure to be with you uh, this evening. Uh, thank you for your invitation and thank you for your interest and your prayers uh, for the work of SGA, Slavic Gospel Association. Uh, I'll give you a brief update, but it's going to be very brief because I want to concentrate this evening on, on Ukraine because I think that's probably what our thoughts and, and prayers have been in recent weeks. But there's literature on the table at the front. If you're not sure what SGA is, there's a, a welcome booklet there which explains about it. There's a prayer matters booklet uh, which gives 31 items to pray for, a whole month's worth related to SGA's ministries. And if you're blessed by that, at the end of the month, you can start again. There's, no, there's nothing, nothing stopping you doing that. All, all the, the literature on the front row is free. Take it away so I don't have to carry it back to, to Northwich uh, this evening. But before we do that, I do want us to turn to God's Word just, uh, uh, just sh for a short time uh, this evening. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 57. Psalm 57. Psalm of David. Let's hear God's word, shall we? Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me, he reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over, sorry, above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it they have themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations, for your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over, be above all the earth. Amen. We thank the Lord for his word to us. We see from the, from the title of that psalm, or the subscription that it was a, it was when David fled from Saul into into the cave. Uh, we know of at least two occasions when David hid from Saul uh, in a cave. We're not sure which one inspired David to write this psalm, but in a sense, it's irrelevant. David is facing uh, an enemy, and our, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are also facing an enemy as well. I want to read you an extract from an email SGA received just a few weeks before the Russians invaded Ukraine from an American missionary uh, in Ukraine. And this is what he said. The truth is, this isn't all about politics. It's Satan at work trying to destroy one of the freest countries in all of Europe. 
Ukraine is the Bible Belt of Europe, and we have become a sending force for church planting and missions to places where Westerners cannot easily go. Some estimate that 90% of churches started in Russia have been started by Ukrainians who have gone there for work, on mission, or have been exiled there during the heyday of communism. Satan's plan is to shut that all down. That's not the kind of analysis you will hear on Sky News or, or the BBC, is it? Ukraine is facing an enemy. David is facing an enemy. And I want you to see, first of all, the, the fiery enemy that David is facing in this psalm. He talks, doesn't he, there in, in verse 4 of standing among lions, among the sons of men whose feet are, whose, who are set on fire. We have a fiery enemy here. And at first glance, we might not think this psalm is particularly relevant to us this evening. But the Bible reveals that as Christians... We face enemies. The Bible uh, talks about uh, friends of the world who are described in James chapter 4 as enemies of God. And we have enemies of the gospel in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 who will slander believers given every opportunity. The devil is described as a lion, a lion who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour in 1 Peter chapter 5. And death also is described as the last enemy in 1 Corinthians 15. And I guess if we thought about our lives, we would perhaps be able to identify other enemies that we have faced in the past or are facing now. And they're ravenous, one translation says, or, or fiery beasts. David doesn't underestimate the enemy at all. They have tongues that are sharp swords, it says here. Their words are as dangerous as their actions. They will say one thing to David's face, but as soon as he turns his back, they will stab him in the back. They don't play by the rules, the enemy. They use underhand tactics. They set traps for him, it says. And of course, David is not the only one to face enemies in the Bible. Uh, I've been reading in my own devotions this time, uh, at this time, Jeremiah. And you see there a prophet who, who had, had many enemies as he sought to, to speak God's word, the truth of God's word. And of course, the Apostle Paul had enemies as well. And he talks at one point in, in, in 2 Corinthians of, of a thorn in the flesh. And he describes that thorn in the flesh as a messenger sent from Satan. We don't know what that was. Some, thought, some think it's maybe some physical affliction Paul had. may have even been depression. But we're told that he prayed three times for the Lord to take it away. An enemy from Satan. A messenger from Satan. What enemies are you facing today? Well, the good news for this, of this psalm is that if we are the Lord's this evening, we don't face those enemies alone. Because I want you to see, secondly, the refuge of the Lord. The psalmist begins, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. The Lord is the psalmist's refuge. 
and on our television screens. It usually is about this time. I might have missed it. But do you, have you ever seen Spring Watch, the, the program? And in the Spring Watch, what they will do sometimes is they'll put a camera in a tree and it will be zoomed in on a nest. It might be the nest of a great bird of prey. And you'll see the eggs, first of all, and then those eggs will hatch. And you'll have those baby eaglets, maybe, crying out for food. And then into the, into the picture will come this, this huge big eagle, this, this, this fearful beast with a sharp talons and, and beak and a, maybe a mouse to feed the, baby, the babies there. And do those babies fear that fearsome, that fearsome bird? No, they don't, do they? Because they know that bird cares for them. And I have that sort of picture here when, when in my mind when the psalmist talks about taking... In the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. And the psalmist cries out to the Lord, just like those birds are crying out in that nest. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. Just as the ba- those babies are crying out for food, the psalmist is crying out to the Lord, for the Lord to help him. In his distress. And what is the Lord doing? Is the Lord passively watching on and doing nothing, not caring for his, his servants here? No, we're told, aren't we, there that to God who performs all things for me. It's a difficult, one of those difficult Hebrew phrases, and you may have a different translation, and it might say something different, but, but the idea is that God is working. God is working. For us in, in, in the difficulties. He's working for, for David. This is what David had come to realize. And that's what the Apostle Paul had come to realize as well. Let me just go to that passage in, in 2 Corinthians 13 where, where Paul describes the, that thorn in the flesh that he faced. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians 13. And, and, and uh, sorry, it's Second Corinthians 12, twelve. Sorry, verse seven. Second Corinthians twelve, verse seven, and it says there, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you see what he'd come to realize? That the Lord was using that thorn in the flesh for his good. So instead of resting in the and the greatness of his own revelations, Paul was resting in the Lord. His weakness was making him rest in the Lord's strength. And that's where he needed to be. And that's where we need to be as well. And just as David had realized as well that God performs all things for me, he was using even Saul and his enemies to, to, to work for David's good. And that's a great assurance, isn't it, for us as believers as we face the enemies that we have in our life? 
that the Lord would use those things. The Lord does use those things for our good. We're under his care and protection. We're under his ref- we're in, in the refuge of his wings. And thirdly, and finally, I want you to see the resolve of the psalmist here in these verses. Three things the psalmist resolves to do. The first there is in verse 7. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. This knowledge, this assurance that he's safe in the refuge of the Lord allows him to trust the Lord in the, the difficult situation that he's in. He knows the Lord's love. He knows the Lord's peace. And his heart is steadfast. And secondly, uh, we see uh, in the second part of that verse is resolution. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. His second resolution is to be joyful and to praise the Lord in song. And this is not just singing to keep his spirits up. This is not like whistling in the dark. No, this is the the joyful praise of one whose heart is steadfast, who knows the Lord cares for him. And thirdly, the resolution is there in verse 9. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. See, he wants everyone to experience this great God that he, he, he loves and who loves him and in whom he takes refuge. He wants everyone to experience the Lord's salvation. He wants everybody to experience the Lord's mercy, the Lord's love, the Lord's faithfulness. And so he has a steadfast heart. He has a joyful spirit and he has a praising and proclaiming tongue. And I trust that we can have those resolutions as we deal with the enemies that we face in our lives. But remembering that we do not deal with them alone. The Lord is our refuge and he's using those, even those enemies, to fulfill his good purpose in our lives. May the Lord help us to do that. But I want to begin this evening just by sharing uh, some news very briefly from SGA. One of the things that COVID did, the pandemic did, was to stop us from traveling abroad to our Bible schools. But it's been a, a great joy in the last few months to start traveling out again uh, as the restrictions have lifted. It's my privilege to be at our new, uh, a new cohort of students at our Belt School in Moldova. The school started back in uh, 1994 I think and every two years there's been a new cohort of students and it was great to be there 26 new students uh, six of whom were pastors so that was a a great blessing to be there and around about the same time in January my colleague was Mark was over in uh, in Ruptava in Poland starting a new cohort of students there as well I think this is the fourth cohort of students in Poland they started probably about eight nine years ago and they thought, we'll just have one cohort of students. Well, I think they're now on their fourth. So that's been a, a great encouragement. Pray for those schools and to the two new schools that are going to be starting as well. One uh, in the city of Turgumeresh uh, in, in Poland, uh, right in the center, that, sorry, in Romania. Don't know my geography. Uh, in Romania, 
starting in September, uh, and one that's going to be starting in Serbia as well, right in the north of the country, in a, a town called Kansavir. Uh, that is a Hungarian-speaking part of, of uh, Serbia, so that school will be in the Hungarian language. So pray for these two new schools and the ones that will be continuing uh, in Moldova uh, and in Poland as well. Another project that SJ's got involved in very recently uh, is, is sending Bibles to Central Asia. Uh, as you know, those lands of Central Asia are um, Muslim countries, and SJ's been working in that land really from about the year 2000. Uh, and one of the, the, our partners there is a, an organization called Bible Mission, uh, and we have a number of joint projects. And this is one to, to send Bibles through uh, to Central Asia, and they sent us a video through of the arrival of these Bibles. And uh, so I just thought you might like to see this. Thank you, thank you. Dear brothers and sisters, dear prayer supporters and partners, it is our sincere joy to send you greetings and thankfulness to God and to you for allowing us to hold these Bibles in our hands. They are in Russian, Kazakh, Uzbek, and Tajik. It is a great joy that the shipment has arrived in Almaty today, and we can forward it to the countries of Central Asia. This is our mission, to bring people hope by taking the gospel to them. May God bless this ministry, so that his word will bring love, peace, and joy, and most of all, may people come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you and ask you to pray for us. May God bless all of us as we serve God and the people. Those Bibles will be given out evangelistically. Uh, they will find their ways into the hands of Muslims. So pray that the Lord would, would use them uh, to bring many into his, his kingdom. But I want to focus mainly on, on Ukraine, because uh, it was on the 24th of February this year that after denials that they were going to do it, Russia invaded, and we've seen the pictures on our, our TV screens of much fighting, uh, much devastation, Many lost lives uh, and many people evacuated as a result. In fact, 10 million at least have, have had to leave their homes uh, and to evacuate to the west of the country uh, to where it's safer or, or abroad to countries like Poland, uh, Romania uh, and Moldova. And we've seen, sadly, haven't we, the, the, the pictures coming from Mariupol. See their Mariupol on, as it was and Mariupol as it is now. Uh, and it's terrible what has happened, and we receive reports uh, of, of Christians sheltering in the basements of their churches uh, as the bombs were falling around them, believers losing their lives just as they queued up for food, uh, missiles falling nearby, uh, and also uh, a number of churches, evangelical churches, that have been destroyed as well. Uh, we know at least of five Baptist churches that have been destroyed in, 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 in Ukraine, in, in, in Mariupol. So pray for that situation as well. Now, many, many have, have fled from that, that, that city, as you know. SGA sponsors 35 pastors in Ukraine at this time. Uh, a number of them, I think it's about eight of them, who are, uh, had churches in the Donbass region, that part where there was 
fighting started in 2014 and now it's intensified uh, as the Russians are, are pushing uh, to, the, to the west from those lands. A number of those pastors have had to leave uh, for their own safety and the safety of their families. But whilst they were able to, they became centres for the distribution of humanitarian aid. Their churches were, were giving out aid to the communities, aid that was brought in to, the, to, those, to those areas from, from churches, from people in other parts of Ukraine. They, they've been able to help evacuate people, uh, put on transport to evacuate families. And be, the churches in Ukraine and the Christians of Ukraine have just flung open their doors to receive refugees. And, and these various projects, SGA has been able to help finance. Uh, for example, providing money for fuel so that they're able to, you know, to evacuate while they were able to, the churches continued to try to meet as normally as possible, gathering for breaking of bread. A remarkable photograph that came, I think it was the second Sunday after the Russians invaded from Irpin, uh, of the church there, uh, gathering for a baptismal service. A pastor marrying his daughter, uh, not able to, you know, to have the normal wedding with a normal dress and everything else, uh, just just carrying out the marriage and people gathering in the basements of churches uh, to get to, to meet with the Lord and we received this remarkable photograph um, from uh, from Kharkiv uh, it, it, the bombed out city center the, 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 the town square there you can see there I think that's the town hall with the, well, the windows blown out uh, and a group of believers just gathering in the center there to pray for peace for that for their land as I mentioned, uh, many from safer parts have been putting on uh, special humanitarian trips, seeking to take food, clothing, other needed items into these areas. Even brave souls trying to take into Mariupol uh, when there were still people there. This, this man here is, is sponsored by SGA. Uh, I can't actually see his name from here. It's Alexander, isn't it? Uh, my eyesight's not as good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, Alexander is, is one of the missionaries who's sponsored by SGA. Uh, and SGA provided him with a, a minivan, a minibus, and he's been using it to, to take food into, into needy areas in, in the Donetsk region, taking medicines and, and, and so on, uh, and also to transport families out. The family you can see at the bottom right of the screen there uh, were from Donetsk, and he, he trans he's transported them all the way across to the west of the country, to, to the city of Rivne, which is a much safer part of the world. And as uh, the uh, Russians, uh, they uh, retreated from Irpin, uh, near Kiev, uh, the church was able to return, the building was unharmed, uh, and so that church now has become a centre for the for the rebuilding of Irpin. So they've been, they've been helping in various ways and they sent a report uh, and uh, the, this, is, this is the report that they sent of the work that they are doing. A team of builders visits damaged houses to cover broken windows and repair roofs and doors. Others help homeowners remove furniture from their damaged or burned out homes. At lunchtime, the team delivers hot food for the armed forces. Throughout the day, people go to the church building to wash clothes, charge phones, get necessary food and clothing, and basic building materials. 
Every morning and evening the people of the community are invited to pray. Pastors and other leaders offer counseling and help to all who come. And so, uh, that's going to happen, I guess, more and more as, as, uh, as believers are able to return. Uh, and uh, we pray that their churches will still be intact, uh, but we know that there are many that are not going to be like the ones in Mariupol. One of the other projects that SGA has been able to help with is, is it as, uh, in the distribution of food. And one particular project I want to just share with you is also involved the distribution of Bibles as well, as you see in this, this next video. So again, pray that those, those Bibles would, would uh, get into the hands of, of, of uh, unbelievers uh, who might read God's word uh, and, and be saved as a result of that. Uh, SGA uh, has had a, uh, a project for a, since about the year 2000 in Odessa. Uh, and it's, it's uh, an, uh, in linked with the Grace Baptist Church there in Odessa. And it's, the, it's an orphanage uh, which... which uh, has been running, as I say, since about the year 2000. And in that time, many children have, have passed through this, this orphanage. Uh, the children are, are in groups and they have uh, parents uh, who care for them there. And this orphanage has been used wonderfully and, and has become, uh, uh, in Ukraine, uh, uh, it's been set up as a, as, as a good example for others to follow. Uh, and uh, the... the uh, as you know, Odessa has, has been one of those places which has been attacked, th thankfully not like Mariupol. Uh, but uh, the idea was, first of all, that they would want to keep the children there while it was safe to do so. Uh, and one of the requests that SGA got was, well, can you help us provide, provide, get some generators because we, we're having electricity blackouts during the day uh, and uh, we'd like to, to, to have the electricity on all the time. And so we were able to send out money for two generators uh, but we uh, we started to hear then that the bombing was starting to intensify uh, and one one missile landed about 100 meters from from the orphanage uh, and the children uh, were afraid and and one of the things they did was they started to make signs in in russian and they put them around the perimeter of the orphanage and those signs read orphan children here be careful and you can only imagine what was going through those little, little minds, can't you, as, as those missiles were beginning to fall. And the decision was taken, regrettably, that they thought it was safest to move the children. And plans were put in place, and the police were involved as well. And all the children and their parents were moved uh, onto a train. And they took a 24-hour train journey across to the, to the west of the country, uh, and to the city of Koval, which is right in the northwest, not too far from the Polish border. And they spent a night in the church there in Koval. You can see the, the bottom 
left-hand side, that the, their accommodation, the camp beds and so on. Uh, and then uh, somebody, somebody was touched by the story and they, they gave a thousand euros so that they could uh, hire a bus, and this, uh, sorry, this coach, which took them to the Polish border. And then they crossed over the border and they went to Ruptava. Now, those of you who are listening will know I, just me- I mentioned Ruptava earlier because that was the place where SGA's Bible School is in Poland, right in the south of the country. They have a lovely centre there. They, 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 it's really a conference centre. They have dormitories. Uh, and uh, they were able to look after the, the, the children and their, their, their parents for uh, two weeks. They were there in total. While they were there, they went and did some sightseeing. Uh, and then... Uh, the accommodation was a bit of a squeeze. They were able to find more spacious, more suitable accommodation in Germany. And so they've travelled across to Germany. But their, their desire is to be able to move back to Odessa eventually. We're praying that that will happen. We're praying that those, uh, uh, the orphanage will, will remain intact. It will not be damaged and the children can, can return uh, in the not too distant future to Odessa. So pray, pray for that, will you? Pray that that will happen. But we've seen the scenes, haven't we, of... Of certainly early on, of, of, of refugees seeking to, to travel across borders into Poland. And this, this picture is the Siret border, which is between Ukraine and Romania. And it's a border I've travelled across a number of times as I've gone across to teach in the Bible school in the south of Ukraine. And you can, you can spend four or five hours in a queue, even in, in good times. Now imagine what it was like, this border, when there were thousands upon thousands of refugees seeking to get across. And we heard there were queues of cars over 10 kilometers long seeking to get across this border but it's been christians who've been at the forefront of seeking to help refugees this is moldova Uh, you can see at the bottom left there a a picture of a reception tent just just on the border uh, where, where those refugees coming across can receive tea or coffee and food and advice uh, about where to go Uh, and they could receive transport as well the christians were putting on transport taking refugees who needed it from the border to the towns and cities where they could where they could find accommodation and in fact it was christians many christians who've been putting on that accommodation in their churches Uh, on the top right you can sorry top left you can see a photograph there uh, of in the middle east peter mihalchuk peter is a pastor who coordinates sga's work in in Moldova. He's senior pastor of a, a large church in the city of Belts where the Bible school is that I mentioned earlier. And they, they've opened their church doors and they, you can see two refu- uh, refugee families there sat with Peter. Uh, and uh, SGA's sought to help. Uh, we've sent out significant finance to, to our partners in, in Poland, in Romania, uh, in, in Moldova, who have been seeking to help uh, in this but the one thing they've been asking for most of all, that, that our partners, is, is pray, pray for strength. Pray for perseverance. They find it so tiring, this ministry to refugees. One pastor was saying how basically all his, his normal pastoral duties have had to have been put to one side. Because all his time is spent looking after refugees now. So perhaps we can pray but for strength and, and for help for, for pastors and for the churches that are seeking to do this ministry one of the places in moldova that has been receiving refugees is a a christian conference center and again our friends in moldova sent some video across this is the one with the 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 subtitles i'm sorry if you if if you're not able to see these 
Uh, but it tells the stories of some of the refugees who've come across and the help that they found uh, at this conference centre. This is Pastor Daniel Christen. He's, he's at the bottom right of that photograph. Uh, and uh, Daniel's church has been uh, one, one that's been hosting refugees. And he's the pastor, one of the pastors who said, we need help, we need strength, we need perseverance. There's a, a church member in his church, Igor, the taller, the taller guy. Uh, he's a dual national, uh, Ukrainian, Polish, uh, dual nationality. And he felt for his people, in his, his, own, his own Ukrainian people, and he, he decided to go around the city where they are based uh, and to visit supermarkets, to vi visit businesses and say, can you, give us, can you give us things so that we can take to Ukraine? And so they started to collect them together. Uh, you can see some of them and the, the thing in the, in the warehouse there. And he, he loaded all these onto a, a large truck and they drove them to the border. And there he was met by three Ukrainians in smaller vehicles and they were able to take these, these uh, uh, items to different parts of Ukraine where they were needed. And that's happened several times now. And I guess you will know of people who've been doing that, who've been taking things across even from our own country to help in that way. Uh, and uh, Daniel sent us some video just so that you could see what happens to those items uh, when they they reach their destination. And this one was taken in a, in a city called Andrashovka, which has had many, many refugees in it. Yeah. 
be very valuable because there are lots of refugees and not many of us. We don't have much, but we try to help a little bit. We are now in the village of Andrashivka for the first time. We give the refugees blankets and pillows, for that is what they need. Each day many refugees are waiting at the door. They all need the essentials. It starts here with someone who writes down the details of the refugees. Then when their name is shouted out, they can enter the warehouse. We don't know what is needed, so we communicate with each family separately. We ask how many children? What age are they? Everyone's needs are different. We provide food, clothes, underwear, nappies, and baby food for families. While they are waiting for the food parcels to be packed, they can choose for themselves clothes that they need and try them on here at the premises. very quickly. It becomes scary when people ask for help, but there is nothing to give them. Please visit SGA's website uh, if you want to find out more. We've, we've tried to keep it updated uh, with, with the latest news that we've received. Uh, I think every sort of two days or so a new story will go on. I know Richard has been using them as well. and that we, we, That's where, where, where we're trying to get out our news. And just to mention uh, a special Zoom update meeting that we've got coming up a week on Monday. Uh, we've had three of these already and they've been really well received and we, we, we get Pastor Igor Bandura who's uh, Vice President of the Baptist denomination in Ukraine, an evangelical denomination. He comes on and he updates us on, on what's been going on and we've also sought to have pastors from Romania and Poland to come on and share about what they're doing with refugees as well. So that's a week on Monday uh, and if you want the link, it's on Zoom, if you want the link, if you contact SGA's office through the website, 
uh, you'll, you'll be able to get, we'll send you the Zoom link. Uh, and usually those have been really, really beneficial. Uh, and many people have attended those. So that's a, a week, a week on Monday. But just continue to pray, would you, for, for Ukraine. Some of the things I've mentioned uh, in my presentation, please pray. And I, and I just want to close with, with that pastor who I begun with, that, sorry, that, that uh, missionary, that U American missionary to Ukraine. And this is how he ended his, his email. Uh, he said, let me finish. But we now know, but we know that God wins. So even if we go to war, and remember this was written three or four weeks before, we know God will use this for his good purpose. Please pray that we remember this when times get tough. Let's be praying that for our, our brothers and sisters, that the enemy that they're facing at the moment, that they will remember that the Lord is using it for his good purpose. We're going to close with our final hymn, uh, which is number 93, sorry, 92. 92, our God, our help, in ages past, our hope, in years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Number 92.